hello everybody and welcome along to the event industry news podcast with me james dixon wishing you all a very good morning afternoon or evening whenever or wherever you tune in to today's podcast from and um just off air prior to today's podcast i was just talking to our guest today about how i couldn't believe that they had not been on the podcast before it's one of those people that i see in the industry i've seen them many many times at the event tech live event and at the event tech awards and i just in my head i i thought they must have been on the podcast at some point in the past and I was staggered to find out that they hadn't it was all in my head so I'm delighted that today we're finally going to be able to talk to this person on the podcast and spend a bit of time I suppose getting to know them because again it's somebody that I'm sure many of our podcast followers and listeners will have seen within the industry I'm delighted to welcome for the first time to the event industry news podcast the founder CEO of Shock Logic, our good friend John Martinez. John Martinez, thank you very much for joining the podcast and welcome. Hi, James. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Very, very welcome. Uh, and as I said, you know, genuinely, I, I thought you must have been on it. And so I was looking back through sort of old notes that I keep in a folder and and on the Event mm -hmm. Industry News web, website, searching for the podcast that we've done before. And um, and yet I find that you've never been on on here sadly sadly so, not. Sadly so, not. So, so, so so we're first of all correcting what what is is clearly a mistake on our part to, to have got this far into them and never spoken to you um how are you first of all i'm good man i am i'm really good i mean life is life is good um uh i'm one of these lucky people that love love what they do and I, I can't get up early enough in the morning to go to work. Uh, I have a, the most amazing team mm -hmm. uh, of whom I'm absolutely in love with and uh, and I just it's just a joy to to go to work and um, I have a um, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna turn a year in a few days baby I wow. have a one year old baby and, <laughs> uh, and that is if you are somebody, if you are something, if you want something in your life to make you smile every day, God. Yeah. He is amazing. Uh, absolutely. Well, congratulations, first of all. It's great, great to hear. And and it, it's lovely for you to sort of mention those things about life is good. You enjoy what you do in the workplace, you know, because it, for, for anybody who, who has not come across Shock Logic, you guys a as a brand have been around since since 1997 so that's that's 25 years um yeah. this year and so you're one of the, the the sort of the earliest exponents of of event technology as we know it yeah. today and you've been providing event tech platforms for people to host and run virtual events and digital events for for many many years now well before it became i suppose on trend as it has done mm. in the last 3 years so you've got all that experience to to, to look back on but more so you're a really big advocate of of, of wellness and happiness in the workplace mm -hmm. and um when i was when i was reading about what we might talk about today on the on today's podcast i really loved some insights some thoughts that you, you you've been that i read on paper about the idea of a work-life balance and that was something i was wondering if mm -hmm. we could kick off today's chat about because yeah it, yeah but people often talk about a work-life balance some people like to have a clear line and uh, in the sand mm -hmm. between what they do professionally and what they do outside of their professional life your thoughts i suppose are slightly different on that in as much that you, mm -hmm. you're very much an advocate of the fact that for many people it's just difficult to draw that distinct line in the sand that invariably 
their work and their life will cross over at some point. So it's not necessarily striking a balance, but finding ways to to embrace life and work at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, the, the, the word balance always had, um, you know, I, I just read this Forbes um, report where they say that work-life balance, people were feeling that they were failing constantly right mm -hmm. so about 90 something percent it was it was like in the in the mid 90s um 90 percent that people were feeling that they were failing because of course it's this expectation that you should have you know 50 50 or you know but um i think i i prefer to think about it as work-life harmony mm -hmm. uh work-life integration Mm -hmm. um and and many times i wonder you know if um if i don't know uh, a poet or let's say a rapper okay okay my, more 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 of this day, a rapper right is walking down the beach hand in hand with his or her girlfriend um and uh and suddenly you know because of the sunset uh yeah get some inspiration or the the, the the cool water in their in their in the in, in on his toes or on her toes as she walks uh, through through the through the sand and that gives her inspiration for a for a song and she puts out you know her little book and she writes down a few sentences is she walking yeah yeah, I see what you say. And, and, and well, this is very much akin to what you were saying about how you enjoy your work. You know, I yeah. I am, I feel really lucky to work on events, um, you know, in, in a very hands on capacity and I enjoy it. It's hard work. There's mm. a lot of preparation. It, it's mentally and physically exhausting at times, but I really, really enjoy it. And so that is my life. Yeah. Um, so and, and, and to try and draw a line between the two would be really difficult. It would be really difficult and and because we are constantly being told that we're not doing this thing well then we we end up with the feeling of i'm not doing something well i'm failing i'm failing at this thing i'm failing a life i'm failing a life or i'm failing at work imagine i mean to, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to carry that around right so we we tend to think more at shock logic that we want to create an environment where people want to come to work right people that the people want to um want to be here they, they're here because they want to be here and mm -hmm. uh, and it's my job what i tend to say as a leader and as a as a ceo i am at their service i work for them they don't mm -hmm. work for me it's my job it's my responsibility whenever i lose a member of staff you have no idea how much it hurts mm -hmm. it, freaking hurts me so deeply because then I feel, okay, I failed at creating the space at creating the conditions. So we align, of course, like in every single thing in life and like, you know, we're a company. Sometimes we have to let people go. We haven't let somebody go in a long time, I must say, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but sometimes we realize that our, um, it might be that our objectives, uh, don't don't align, right? That yeah. we are going in one direction, and this person for the personal growth wants to go into a different direction. I mean, the number of members of my team that I found their next job is is it the vast majority, to be to be honest, because 
people stay with us for a long time. The team stays together for a long time. We pay a lot of attention to the team because I, I have the belief that myself and my leadership team, we work for them. It is our job to make sure that they are in an environment with tools, with conditions, with resources that make them um, do the best job they can. And then whenever, you know, uh, we all need education, we continue mm. to grow constantly. So how do we how do we put attention to that? So in order to do that, you have to be listening really, really careful. You almost have to be listening to the stuff that people don't say, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there's this um, uh, personality that's called the big five. And uh, one of the big five is um, agreeableness. So how agreeableness is a trait, is a personality trait that makes us, um, that, that gauges how much we are liked, how how important it is for us. For some some people are more agreeable and less agreeable. Um, the more agreeable we are, um, the more um, we need validation. Let's say so that's mm -hmm. one of the things yeah. Yeah. Um, that happens there. And um, so there's an interesting. Uh, we uh, every team member takes takes his test. It's part of the interviewing process, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we want to know who we're doing because we want to be listening to agreeable people you have to be listening to the request they didn't make yeah because they will leave before they express it right so so you have to be really really be listening for me team is everything without yeah. the team there's no me there's no it there's no shock logic uh, i wouldn't be here without lorena you know, mm. and, and 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 her connecting with you, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and managing that. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't be here without Maggie, who is Lorena, absolutely, um, yeah, supervisor. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's just that uh, very clear. I have, you know, okay, I'm, I'm so lucky that I work with my son. Um, that is my my joy every day to yeah. to, to to work with him and to together. Um, you know, make decisions together and uh, get stuck into things and look for so solutions and, you know, face problems together and see him grow and see him develop and, you know, yeah. and grow flowers. And uh, so I am absolutely passionate about um, the development of human potential. That is what I get out of bed in the morning for. I mean, and uh, and then and we happen, I happen to have landed in the events industry. I became enamored and uh fell in love with people. Um, I come from a background of science. I, I, I used yes. to be uh, um, a quantum physicist. Yeah. Um, At MIT, no less, as I understand it. You know, you yeah, studied, yeah. studied so at I'm MIT. A, I'm a proper nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a proper nerd. Yeah. No, it's fabulous. And and, and if, if if you don't mind me adding into this, it, it is that reading your your professional biography, I was, I was very fortunate enough to be sent quite a comprehensive professional biography um, prior to today's recording. And, and as I said at the top, I've, I've come across you many times at many events over the last probably six, seven, eight years and um, never really had the chance to properly talk to you or to understand what your, what your, you know, your background is. And just reading about humble beginnings in, in Caracas, in Venezuela, mm -hmm. and um, reading about your mother and the fact that she adopted and fostered many, many other children. And yeah. despite humble beginnings, uh, yeah. embraced and promoted the idea of education, work ethic, working hard, um, make, bettering yourself and 
just in the first 10 minutes of talking today on the podcast, it strikes me that the way that you're running shock logic as a, as a, as a, as an owner and as a managing director, you're running the business in exactly the same way as your mother brought up mm. you and your siblings. If, if I can draw that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, um, about maybe 15 years ago, I was, um, I had the joy, I had the, the amazing opportunity to meet Simon Sinek, mm. you know, uh, from the book, Start With Why, I think I, I got it right here. And, um, and Simon did, um, did for me something that he was doing for, you know, but like Bill Gates and stuff. This was about 12, maybe 15 years ago. And uh, he was just beginning, the book was already out, but it wasn't, you know, it had turned into the phenomenon. That, that, so he was doing something called, the your why discovery. So he would, in a way, discover your why. And uh, and we had a conversation for about an hour, uh, an hour or two in his, in his uh, hotel room. And um, and there's two things that he said. He, he, he said, okay, now I know why you studied quantum physics. I think he <laughs> says, you like to create systems that work. And in order to do that, you have to understand the most, the, 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 the smallest thing in the universe, right? Which is the particles that make all of us, the, the nothingness that make it the everything that we are. And second is, is that you are um, continuing, you're being, you're being, um, you you have the bug of your mother uh, and you're continuing and this thing of wanting to improve other people's lives and want to create spaces and teams and, 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 and communities where people grow because, you know, I was very lucky. I, I happen to be the only biological child of my mother, but I have, um, 14 other adopted brothers and sisters and wow. five fostered brothers and sisters. So we're 20. <laughs> so I have wow. brothers and sisters of all the colors in the rainbow, you know, some, you know, cappuccino like me, some a little <laughs> more mocha, some a little more cafe latte, some, some, some milky milky and some espresso and no espresso, you know, so all the, all the colors in the rainbow. Um, I have brothers and sisters, so I grew up in a home of, um, so diversity had been in my life from the get-go, you know, it's nothing I could do about it, and uh, I'd be able to be exposed to um, to all, because some of them came to, 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 to live with us when they were already, you know, grown up, and some were, some were there before, before me. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, my mom it was a, the real superstar. I mean, whatever people think about me, nah, uh, I was nothing, you know, nothing would happen without her and without some of the my mentors. Uh, some people uh, changed my life completely. Um, my, my professional mentors, mostly women. Um, um, Venezuela is a very matriarchal society. And... Yeah. Uh, where the mother is the center of everything. But my mom, my, my father died when I was very young, when I, when she was still pregnant of me. And um, and she never, you know, got a new partner. So I, I, I learned to live with the, um, um, I learned to live with just my mom being the person um, uh, in charge. And I learned to, to, to live with that that female influence um, sure. for the rest for the rest of my life 
you know. Mm. Um, so it has been um, uh, uh, an absolute um, joy and 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 privilege to um, to have been part of that, and uh, and uh, and that has been the the, the core of uh, of my principles and the way that I see life and I and I and I face life. Um, I had my first job when I was eight years old, um, and uh, yeah. So, um, but we were all straight A students. Um, that's why when sometimes when I hear people say, "Oh no, I'm not," I'm not oh, he or she is not very academic. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Discipline beats brain any day, right? Um, so I think that discipline is more important than intelligence. If you have discipline you can do everything you, you i know i know brilliant people that never had the discipline to to stick to things you know um, well yeah to, to to study you know everybody that's listening to this will know of somebody who they were at school or college or university with who who had sometimes i suppose i'm going to draw a football analogy or soccer analogy here with messi and ronaldo and how people who always say that messi is the the naturally gifted footballer and Ronaldo is the person who had a gift, but who had the discipline to work and push and push and push and push and the yeah. discipline to, to, to create. And I know that I'm opening up an entire new can of worms by even sort of mentioning the two of those and, and, and the debate between them. But I know that it's it's common thinking among anybody who watches yeah. football is that, that that is the distinction between the two. One is the naturally gifted person. And everyone knows somebody in life, don't they, who has got a natural gift, but who maybe hasn't pushed themselves as as hard yeah. or been as disciplined as they could have been and somebody else who maybe is not as naturally gifted but who through sheer determination and hard work has still achieved something you know far greater than maybe expectation would have predicted um and yeah it, you know i i think i think that um these two guys are they're they're extraterrestrials okay yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. messy from his beginnings doesn't matter how gifted you are we 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 all seen very gifted, you know. Foot, I'm also a football fan. Yeah, football players that disappeared. Yes, one day, right? And um, and Ronaldo and Messi named players that they thought were better than them mm. when they were little. They said he was more talented than me. You yeah, know? Messi says it very clearly. I wasn't the most talented kid. It's just that I think when you have that resilience, and and um. I call it the capacity for delay gratification, right? Mm-hmm. So the capacity for delay gratification is something that is a trait that some of us have, many of us have, where our brain automatically says, yes, I'm going to stick to that because there, there'll be a payoff in the future. And you can, be, you can build that relationship between the payoff and the effort, right? So going to the gym, if you go to the gym, one day you're not going to see results right mm-hmm. if you if you eat well one day it's, you're not going to see results you need to be able to stick to it right yeah and that's and that's a fact right yeah. the, the same thing to do with you know um you got to brush your teeth every day right for about 20 minutes for about uh, two minutes right two to, to five minutes you, you're brushing your teeth there if you don't do that every day they will end up falling off right one way or the other that it's just the way it is so as we carry ourselves the, the the habits that we build are going to be pretty much 
what what's going to end up this so that the end product mm. is going to be direct directly related to the habits that we we, we build and you know i i discovered so i have a scientific brain right i'm a, i'm a proper nerd i'm a proper nerd that learned how to communicate and um landed in the events industry by sheer coincidence mm-hmm. um had amazing mentors and fell in love with the most complex algorithm in the universe. I used to be a, an algorithm specialist. The most compli- complex algorithm in the universe is the human algorithm, right? And I, and I, I ended up uh, in Stockholm in the early 80s um, at an events uh, management company, at a PCL, professional conference organizing company, creating their technology. So I was a, I was a, nerdy, a nerdy kid that was doing science. I taught myself how to develop software. Uh, I was curious, so I was taking, you know, computers apart. I was learning what I was doing. And I realized the power of software. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, this this company was called Congrex. They had a software system. I rewrote um, their system about three months or something. I, I wrote a lot of the a lot, a lot of software. They bring me to start to Stockholm, and the journey starts. And I fell in love with people. I fell in the events industry. Our our raw material is communication, is is is, is knowledge. You know, there, there are three reasons to organize an event. One is to connect people. The second yeah. is to distribute um, content, knowledge, be music, be. Um, um, a comedy show, uh, be a scientific conference, et cetera, et cetera, is to, to, to distribute and to deliver content. And the third one is to create experiences. So imagine what a fascinating space. So I fell in love with this industry and I continue to create technology for this events company um, for the rest of my career. And yeah. uh, so I became, then I realized that just being a, a developer, I was not gonna grow in the direction I wanted to grow, so I learned so I asked, can I, can I project manage that project or that project? You know, so they gave me the opportunity. I, I, I was so lucky because I, I was just exposed to a lot of people that, you know, put a carrot in front and, uh, and allow me to grow and allow my curiosity to, to, um, to, 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 to flourish. And now I'm, I'm trying, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay it forward, you know. I'm trying to mm. create the 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 environments for people to grow, to develop. I mean, my my biggest joy is to see the members of my team developing and growing, and how you know, two years ago, this person couldn't communicate, and he was you know stuck to the machine, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, saying things that I hate people um, because I work with a lot of techies. Mm. And suddenly, this individual now, you know, presenting to to in, a, in an open forum, et cetera, et cetera, and, and that's absolutely uh, a joy to um, to watch and to happen. And at the same time, create this thing that provides something of value to a um, a market that are willing to pay for it, yeah. and then with that continue to create more spaces etc etc so well i'm i'm drawing a few i suppose questions and and thoughts from from what you were just saying there and and what has been going in my 
mind for about the last five minutes is the 10,000 hour rule, you know, mm. to, to, to achieve something and to become good at something is 10,000 hours. And, and Absolutely. I, I thought of the guitar. I, I picked up a guitar when I was 15. I was at, I'd been wanting to play it for five years. And I remember my mother saying to me, and I'm not buying you a guitar. It's just a phase. It's just a phase that you'll get one. And in three months time, it will be sat in the corner and it will never get played again. I said, no, 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 no. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. And eventually I saved up enough money myself to go and spend my own money to buy one. And I don't think I left my bedroom for two years, you know, every, every night after school in guitar, 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 fall asleep on the bed, wake up with a guitar next to me, have something to eat, guitar, 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 study at midnight, do homework uh, and, and, and repeat again. That's amazing. I was absolutely captivated by it. I loved it. And I still play today. I, I, I still play regularly, you know, uh, uh, in, in the evenings. And it, it's, a, it's a passion of mine. I suppose what I'm getting to with this is, is if somebody, when it comes to work and going back to what we started talking about today, which is this synergy between work and life that that, that is there nowadays. Um, you said you love your work. If you love something, you're more willing to put those 10,000 hours into it. And I wonder whether or not this is why so many people struggle with their work and they don't like their jobs. Is is how important it is that this idea that find something that you love because you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, you know, I have a meditation teacher that he says <laughs> because it, this, I think that's a, one of the hardest questions that young people can get, right? Where's your passion? And 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 I know young people that either work with us or has worked with us that have said to me, I don't know, you know, I like a lot of stuff. And my meditation teacher tends to say, if you can be with the one you love, love the one you're with, right? And with that, with, with this, what he means is- Stephen Stills, not, I think that was. It, yes, <laughs> if, you, if, you're not, if, you're not, if you're not doing something you love, learn to love what you're doing. How would it be? How would it be, curiosity-wise, to feel that you love that? And there are things that we absolutely don't like and don't love. Um, I, I must say, when I came into the meetings industry, I didn't know I was going to stay in the meetings industry. Um, and I had no, I, I came into the meetings by sheer coincidence. I was assigned to help them because I knew a lot about the computer that we're using, et cetera, et cetera. They created an opportunity for me in Stockholm. Otherwise, I would be somewhere in a lab, somewhere in a research center, maybe working or a university teaching etc cetera, etc cetera. but then i came into this space and then i thought you know this is fun let me see how it goes let me put my heart into it let me do it at, let me do let me do it the best i can not halfways mm. not so so oh i'm going to be here for a while i don't know i'm going to try no you just do it and i went into it and the impact that my behavior and my attitude was creating was actually paving the way for me to feel even better about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I was getting this kind of, this, this wonderful feedback. And it was, it was hard. It was hard because, you know, I'm a Latino that was educated in the US. And then I end up in Scandinavia <laughs> where most people are like this. 
<laughs> when they're happy, right? That, that's an expression of happiness. <laughs> I, have a, I have a Finnish friend that he, he, he is like that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And he speaks from this place. And this is when he's excited and when he's not excited, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and I mean, in this new culture, and I had to learn how to swim in this new culture. And I am, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Latino, you know, and I'm, I continue to be a Latino and I'm very proud of being a Latino. And I move my hands, I use hyperlatives, um, you know, I love stuff. I, I don't like, I don't go halfway. And, um, <laughs> And, and that's the way I choose to live, to, to, to live life, you know, yeah. all, all in. And, um, and then I end up in, in Scandinavia where using hyperlatives makes you not trustworthy, you know, because, yeah, you, you, you got to be, um, you have to have your feet on the ground. And for a lot of Northern Europeans, having your feet on the ground means nothing is too great. Uh, things can be quite gray, but nothing yeah. is too great, right? Yeah. So I had to learn how to, you know, curb my enthusiasm and um, <laughs> and communicate from a different place. And that that made me uh, fall in love with, with cultures and cultural differences. This company started to have events all over the world and sending me all over the world, open offices all over the world. So yeah. they gave me the opportunity to, you know, to work in Asia, uh, all over Europe. And uh, and that that was fascinating, and 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 I ended up doing a master's in anthropology when I, I lived in the Netherlands. So I I lived in the, in the Netherlands afterwards. I speak Dutch, um, so that journey is you know all these little bits is what add up to where we are. And I guess is you know there's a long road in front. So that that that, that opens up another. I, I suppose you know in, interesting topic of, of conversation I'm, and I'm conscious of time but I've got so you know stuff that I, I, I'd like to ask you and and, sure. and it's the um I suppose the chameleon aspect or the chameleon style nature that certain industries adopt and I think the events industry is certainly an exponent of that in terms of uh, it's like people who work in hospitality and I'm going to draw my, I'm going to draw my own personal uh, sort of uh, uh, reference on, on this again, John. Uh, and that is that when I was 16, I got a job, my first job as a teenager on a Saturday and I worked in a men's tailors uh, wow. and uh, it was a really sort of, you know, highbrow, well-to-do gentleman's clothes shop in, in, in Windsor. Um, and uh it wasn't very busy. We never had more than two, maybe three customers in the shop at any one point, even on a busy Saturday. But it was very much you could have somebody coming in who had made their money by selling fruit and vegetables. They'd started as a greengrocer and they were very working class, salt of the earth. And they would come in and they would be loud and proud and it would be a certain type of conversation that you had to have with them in order to engage with that person. The next person would come in and they might be a very, very straight, you know, person who's working in the banking industry or finance. Um, you know, it could be somebody who was a peer, uh, you know, who was from a, a very sort of upper class background and they would be a lot more reserved and more formal in their language. And one thing that that taught me in a very short space of time is how to adapt, not to be a different person and not to sort of be a two-faced person, but how to adapt your own yeah. personalities very, very quickly to adapt to your environment in order to be able to work 
with those people in that environment in a way that they felt comfortable. And I think that that's something that ultimately is a life lesson as, as translated through all the jobs I've had, and particularly in the events industry, because you could be working on an event one day with a certain type of clientele and audience from a, a certain yeah. an indus, in, in industry background. Last week, I was working with people who work in the care home industry. They were care home managers, and I was running a conference for, for care home managers. In a couple of weeks' time, I'll be in London for Event Tech Live. I'll be with Event Tech people who they're a completely different audience, and and, and I do find myself Absolutely. adapting to speak to them. And and but, I just thought I'd throw that in there and see what you think of that. As a... but what's fascinating about the events industry, an event can be so many things, right? So you get event; it's this umbrella term mm. to identify everything from a wedding, from a concert, from my my high school reunion to a scientific conference or the world economic forum in davos you know mm. all of that is defined as an event and um and the skill set that you need to each one of them is very different yeah it's not the same thing organizing a banquet that is organizing a, a a conference it's not the same thing um to you know you don't use the same uh, it's very different to organize a scientific conference that is to organize a, co a corporate event, for example. And that is something that is is not understood completely. Sometimes when I'm talking to other event tech people that comes just from the tech side and haven't had a background in event management. So I, I, I realized the, the gaps and I was so lucky to end up working you know, for 14 years. I was an event organizer. I was designing technology for an event management company. And every day, my, my approach to, to the event was, how do I solve my organizer's problem? First, my in-house organizers, and then and now organizers out there in the world. How, so we, we, we are absolutely passionate about simplifying the life of event organizers. That's what we want to do every day. Yeah. Um, that's what we want to so every piece of every service every function every piece of technology every platform every software that we design we're constantly thinking how do we simplify their lives and then how do we make them make money because i'm very clear with the fact that if i make my client make money they, they can pay me without problem right <laughs> yeah 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 that, that, that equation that doesn't fail right so if we make, <laughs> make money, you don't need you don't need to know quantum physics to know that <laughs> exactly exactly it's like when 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 my my um we were uh looking for a an uh, accounting company and uh so this person who is still our accountant um is is very uh the accounting uh, firm they're very very good and he said to me he'll say so what are you looking for i said i'm looking for you to pay your own salaries you know, mm. I'm looking for you to save me enough money or show me the way how your cost will not be a burden. So, you see, because at Logic was so, we pay so much attention to this work-life harmony or work-life integration. I mean, we do really, really out there stuff. Like I, I discovered meditation about 15 years ago and, um, and I discovered mindfulness and I meditate every day. It's part of my habit. It's part of what I do every day. It's how I live life. It's part of my sanity. And at Shock Logic, we embrace mindfulness and we do breathing exercises every day. Every single day, every meeting starts 
every every daily meeting starts with a three minute mindfulness breathing exercise. We have something called Scrum. I don't know if uh, Scrum is a term that comes from a management technology called Agile that a lot of tech companies will be familiar with. And our weekly Scrum, we have one general Scrum where all 70 of us um, worldwide meet online. And I, in that meeting at the end, we do a 10 minutes mindfulness breathing exercise, all of us together. And I can see how through time this has changed lives because it only came to my life 15 years ago. I wish, I wish somebody would introduce me when I was in my 20s. I wish that somebody would have said to me, there's a way to quiet the, 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 the chat box. There's mm -hmm. a way that I can slow down my brain. One of my colleagues, Pritesh, he tends to say, slow, smooth, smooth is fast. If you're yeah, looking for I've performance, that. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for performance and you're looking for effectiveness, because we're constantly in the pursuit of, of effectiveness, right? We want to do more with the time that we got. And then we have this pressure. And then that's why, you know, we tend to then steal time, what was supposed to be our, uh, our, our life, because work life, right? Our life was supposed to be stealing time from there. And what what is what's in clear for me is that solutions which is what i call creativity that for me the term creativity is not so much am i able to paint a beautiful uh landscape for me creativity is the capacity that we have to come up with the solutions to problems right mm. so that thing that goes aha that's the way i'm going to solve that problem oh this person will help me or uh, i'm going to change the spreadsheet in that way that for me is creativity it comes from the gap between my thoughts, not from thinking, you see? So when I was solving algorithms, when I was being trained as a, as a scientist and I trained myself as a professional and I was being coached by my mentors, it was always think, think harder, put your head down, get the work done because that is what we did at home, right? I've been working <laughs> since I'm eight years old. I didn't know, so I didn't believe that by sitting and doing nothing, I was doing something. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that in order to get from A to B, I could go either straight or I could go bouncing against the wall, which is what my brain was doing. And it was taking me longer. I was only doing that. Okay. I was concentrated in the job, but it was taking me much longer because my brain wasn't in the in the in the shape on the position to be able to do it. And what we have done at Shock Logic is that we for example, another thing that we do for our live work um, integration and harmony is that we that we have two um, counselors, coaches that happen to be psychotherapists who are part with a core part of the team, and they see all of us. They see me. They see me and Johnny as a couple. They see all of my colleagues, and yes. We want them to bring the personal problems to them. I don't have the skill set. That's something I realized very early in my career. As a leader, I don't have the skill set to deal with some of the issues that some of my colleagues are facing. Mm -hmm. If somebody is facing a cancer scare, if somebody has a problem at home, if somebody is, is, is in, a, in a relationship that is breaking down, they won't be productive doesn't matter how much we shout at them. It's like shouting at a, at a quadriplegic, walk. 
There's nothing they can do about it. So <laughs> why not embrace that yeah. with yeah. compassion and kindness and understand that if I want this individual to be as productive as they can, let's say I'm ruthless, right? I'm only thinking about bottom line. I'm only thinking about money. Man, it makes such good sense. It makes such good business sense to take care of your people. Yeah, it's just it, it, yeah. ridiculously intuitive well, like to many take care people, of your people. But like many people, I I have, and I and I of course won't name them, but I've got examples of places that I've worked at in previous years, and uh, at companies who I still know who are operating who have the complete opposite approach. It's about finding the cheapest way to do something. You know, yeah. they have disgruntled staff who are not happy because decisions have been made. And ultimately, those decisions are about saving money because they think that by saving money in certain areas as a business, they will make more money. And it's 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 antiquated thinking now it, 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 because yeah. of how we understand emotion, the human brain, uh, because of how industry and business works in the modern age. Once you have an understanding of how it does, how it works now, you can't work in a manner that was relevant 40 years ago because it has yeah, no relevance. And it's so now. much more expensive to replace people. Mm. It's so much more expensive. It's so much more uh, uh, resource hungry. Uh, it, it, it is extremely expensive when you train somebody and then you don't create the right space and people leave. You know, we, we believe, I mean, one of our values is be kinder than necessary because everyone you come across is fighting some battle, yeah. right? So we want to put ourselves in the shoes of our customers. First of all, we want to put ourselves in the shoes of, of the other members of our team. Team first. So a lot of companies out there say, we are customer oriented. And I tend to say to our customers, I, you know, we love you, but I love my team more. Yeah. And because without them, and our partners and our suppliers, we cannot provide you with a fantastic service and support that we provide you with. Mm. There's mm. no chance. So I am going to make sure that we put our oxygen mask first, like in the plane, you know? Um, you put your oxygen mask before you have your children. It, it, it is anyone with children, that sounds crazy, but the truth is if you faint or you die, then your children die, you know? You have to be in good shape to do it. And that's why we take such good care of, of, of the life bit in the yeah. life work um, harmony. Yeah. And we, we, because we absolutely believe, listen, there's nothing that we can do about the fact that we all have the same brain. Okay. Some people are more intelligent in some things than others. Because I tell you, I, I, I there are documentaries uh, about the things that Einstein wasn't great about. Okay. And so some people are great at some things, some people are great at others. What happens is that if we are on the state of fear, right? Our brains, our bodies are designed to react for about 90 seconds, for about 90, uh, 90 seconds. So a minute and a little bit to a heightened state. You can, this, you can take it up to four minutes. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the boundary, right? So because we needed to survive, right? We need to survive yeah. as a species, right? We, and we're not very strong. We don't have a strong skin. We, uh, mm -hmm. protecting us. We don't have big claws. We have big teeth in order to, 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 to be predators in a way that 
a, a bear, a tiger, yeah, a lion yeah. would be, right? So we needed to survive. So how do we survive? We survive by being scaredy cats, right? We hear we hear a stimulus and we and the the, the oldest piece of our brain, which is it, it, there's a gland there called the amygdala, our reptilian brain, has three functions: fight, flight, freeze. Nothing else. That's all. Our whole body is designed to fight, flight, freeze, right? And we have this body, we have this brain, there's nothing we can do about it, right? And we're living in today's world. There are no tigers walking around the street. There are no <laughs> bears anymore, but we have the same system. And then we have two nervous systems in our body. We have our sympathetic system, which is the one that has kept us alive for all these million years, okay? So it's kept us alive because it's alert. It's all the time looking. I mean, we are a, 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 we are a predator, but we're more a prey than a predator. So we have this heightened sense. We, we align with species that are looking around and are careful, right? Because we're not, we don't, we don't even run very fast. We only have two legs, right? <laughs> so there's another system that through the millennia was developing us which is called our parasympathetic system. The parasympathetic system is the one that says you are okay. It goes on when you relax. Right. What happened with our brain? The amygdala secretes a, a, a hormone called cortisol. Cortisol is designed to stop your frontal lobe from thinking. So the frontal lobe is where speech, calculations, data, facts come from it's all the thinking happens here all the feeling happens here the balancing happens back here but all the feeling happens here all the thinking here so the it shoots cortisol to our frontal lobe designed to make us not think to make us act and that's why road rage something happens you react I reacted in a way that later on I go, oh my God, I wasn't thinking. I, I yeah. put all of us in danger. Yeah. And uh, and then really you weren't thinking. You were not supposed to think because your body, your brain, because there are no bears around, is selecting these situations and it reacts the same way it would have reacted if there was a bear. So it goes into panic mode. Either you confront, you run away, or you ignore, you, you pretend that it never happened. And and this is and this is the workspace now. This is our yeah. relationships. And we need to deal with all of these issues in the same way. We can go through life, you know, attacking, running, or playing dead. There has to be a middle place, right? And that well, of course, because because we, we avoid the crash as well, don't we? If you think about those short ninety-second periods, they're exactly. accompanied, I would presume, with the the rush of adrenaline, and so you have this sudden surge and peak, and then of course that's always followed by the subsequent crash and the the trough, and of Absolutely. course, we, which is what everybody who works in events says that they've experienced at times. They get yes. faced with a situation during the build. Oh, panic! Uh, da, 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 deal with it, and then suddenly. They find yeah, 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 and, yeah. And to, uh, to function correctly, you have to try and maintain, I suppose, a bit more of an even line. And even more than even line. And then so what happens is that breathing, when we breathe in a certain way, if we, if we breathe, okay, that means I am 
I am running, I am most probably running from something or towards something, right? So my brain, my brain will will recognize that heart rate and that breathing pattern pattern, and it will secrete certain things in order to allow me to be better at that for a period of time. And if we yeah. if we breathe slowly, deep, and then we exhale slowly, long and slow, we turn on our parasympathetic system. We tell our bodies, I am okay. Blood flows to the frontal lobe. We can think again. And we can make better decisions. So keeping our teams scared is keeping them dumb. Mm. You know, like I remember how many times my mom, she had to deal with 20, okay? She would look <laughs> and say, tell me why. John, tell me why. And I'm thinking, and we're frozen. Absolutely frustrating. I couldn't even talk, you know, because I was, I was very scared at the moment, right? <laughs> and then, so I couldn't think. And later on, then I could maybe explain the situation. And we all have found ourselves there. So it's all physiology. It's all you see. All of this stuff is going out. It's going in our body. It's like an iceberg. The mm. only bits that we see outside of the water are the results and the behavior. But all the stuff underneath is happening inside of our body and our physiology creates emotions emotions create feelings feelings create thoughts thoughts create actions and that is the only thing that people see how we act how we behave how we but it's all based down here so you get you can get somebody really grumpy and you're thinking oh my god that person don't you like your job and then and then actually it's low in sugar and this person hadn't, hasn't realized. And because you're yeah. low in sugar, you, 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 you're you feeling under the weather constantly. Well, well, and, you, you, you just reminded me of something as well that, that, that I was, uh, again, it's just a, a recent experience that I'm drawing on where a friend of mine was telling me about another friend of theirs and they'd gone for a job and they didn't get the job. And in the feedback, they were told, you were the most qualified for this job but you didn't interview very well. Now, the point I'm going to draw here from what, uh, as I'm learning and, and listening to you today, John, is, is th this thing of fight, flight or freeze. Okay. If somebody is presented with a situation, everybody's been called into the meeting with their boss at some point and they go in and they kind of sit there and they think, oh, am I in trouble? Yeah. What am I going to do? Now, in a similar way, in, a, in an interview situation, if you walk into an interview and you're faced with with an environment that's not making you feel comfortable, that's not making you feel welcome, that's not making you feel like you can express yourself honestly, then your brain is going into the freeze and, and they're exactly. not going to interview you. So, 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 exactly. having, so having listened to what you've said today and just drawing on that recent conversation that I had, that to me is grossly unfair on that person who's been interviewed. That to me, I think that the people who have conducted the interview need to answer the questions really, because they've not created an environment that's allowed that person to come in and feel relaxed. They've created an environment where their instinct has kicked in and they've frozen. Of course. But remember when you are in the interview, the interviewer wants to put that person on the pressure because they want to know would this person carry the job in the right way when they are under pressure. Yeah, so it's okay. each one of okay. our responsibilities to make sure that we know how to deal with this. So if I could have talked to your friend before, I would have said, sit outside, breathe five times. In deep, count to five, 
exhale long and slow. Do it five times. That shoots your parasympathetic system. Your heart rate goes down. You start to speak from a different place. You sing more together. Nasonasal, not up here. I'm a little bit anxious. I'm talking to you. This is going to be seen by a lot of people. You know, I, yeah. Uh, so I'm, that's a, that anxiety is coming through in the way that I'm talking. I'm also yeah. passionate about what I'm saying. So that also raises my, my levels of, of, of um, uh, adrenaline. Mm. So if he was able to go in from a more calm place, then he would be able to do that. And at least he has a better chance of dealing with his own yeah. emotions, okay. yeah. Yeah. feelings, thoughts, actions, right? And it's all physiology. It's all inside of us. So a lot of people see mindfulness as a hocus pocusy, or you know, the universe is coming. Outside of all of that, and everyone can take it as a spiritual journey, or um, you know, in many different ways. All of that is valid. There is a physiological thing going on, which is beyond all the thinking. Has to do with our bodies with how we treat our brains. Did, a, did, did he sleep well the night before? What kind of, did, did he drink a Red Bull before going in because he wanted to be sharp <laughs> on edge? You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of stuff, that kind of stuff. And also has to do with who was the person the interviewer looking for. The interviewer might have been looking for somebody that was calm because it was a, a position where this person might have to uh, coordinate others. And he's thinking, yeah. oh, this person is a little bit, on edge he's looking at you know it's like yeah 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 i'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to you yeah 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 i'm here you know <laughs> and, and and we're all being with people like that and and sometimes when i see them i go oh, i i wish I, I wish we could talk a little bit and say no slow down slow down but of course if you said somebody slow down the heart rate goes even faster right <laughs> yeah. uh, so 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 what we try to do with mindfulness in the team is to put them in the position to, 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 to embrace and to practice and to create, to at least put them in a space where they can create habits that will allow them to operate in the best possible way. So you get somebody in the business development team and is going to um, have a meeting with a client and you know he's trying to do his best and he's nervous. And then the moment that if he does not able to regulate then when he goes or she goes into this meeting, she will not represent herself in the best way. Mm. You see, before I came to talk to you, I sat, I sat outside, I had a glass of water with 85% water, right? I put more water in my body to be together. It's physics, it's just physics. I did five breaths. When I came to you, I was calm. I felt because I wanna, I, I want anyone that watches this to, I want to represent myself in the best possible way, right? In this sure. conversation. And, um, and and that doesn't happen out of magic, you know? That this doesn't happen out of the blue. Um, we, we all need to learn and train and develop, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So what, that's why we're doing some of these things in the company. And, um, it, 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 for me, it's very interesting because until a few years ago, I had never heard the word wellness, but we were already doing these things. And, you know, we we really take care of our people. If somebody's ill, in, if a family member's ill, you're off, man. 
take mm. the time family first nothing yeah. is more important than family right and so i'm also lucky enough that as i am latin american uh, i speak spanish uh, and we have a big um presence in latin america and in my home country venezuela that is in a very very bad shape at the moment and i'm trying to give back because listen i only got to the us i got a scholarship to study in a boarding military school a very prestigious you know uh, mm. top 10 boarding military school that wouldn't have happened if somebody wouldn't have given me the opportunity with a scholarship right so how can i live my life and not create opportunities for others how sure who am i mm. if i don't constantly because i came from a shanty town in a shack with dirt floor with a with a, with a mother that if she would have raised me by herself maybe would have had a better chance but when we're 20 there's a lot of mouth to feed man there's a lot of mouth to feed i don't even want to imagine the stress that she must have been under because yeah. we were so poor you know and so all my brothers and sisters were working and studying we all went to university we all and the, I mean, I am not an overachiever in my home. I am not. I am. I, I have brothers and sisters who 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 are very successful. Um, so, who am I if I don't live life in a way that I'm just in, in a permanent state of gratitude? Yeah. Bloody hell! You know how difficult, how how unlikely it is that the boy that was born in Caracas and raised in the shanty town is here talking to you today. It's just, mm. it's just. Well, it's, it's enlightening is what it is. Um, it, it's enlightening and inspiring. And, and I, I think I said at the start of today's podcast, John, that it would be great, you know, finally to have sort of 25, 30 minutes to talk to you. And I've, I've only just looked at the clock, which always says to me a couple of things. Number one, I've been really engaged in what the person is saying because I don't look at the clock. Uh, and and it also means that I think it, it's important when somebody is speaking as eloquently and as insightfully that you afford them the time to, to do that. We're under huge time pressure always in life at the moment, aren't we? We've got a meeting. We've got the next meeting. We've got a Zoom. We've got a Teams. Exactly. We've got this, that and the other. I've got to go here. I've got to go there. This is the deadline. This is the thing. But sometimes I think it, it, it's really important to just say, we, you just have to go with it. You just, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's sometimes really nice to just sort of break out from that structure sometimes. And yeah. um, in this particular Stop example. for a moment. Yeah. It, it's going to be best for everybody. It's going to be best for you, for your partner, for your children, for your colleagues, for your clients, for your supplier. It's going to be all around. Uh, we, we call it 360 degrees of care. And... Mm all 360 degrees is better for everybody when you stop and when i tend to say to the members of the team when we're having our breathing exercises because i know because this is happening online many of them would be doing something else or not i mean 10 minutes in a breathing exercise i have to send these two emails i tend to say to them the company wants to pay you to do nothing <laughs> we want you to we want to pay you for you to stop you don't want to do the breathing exercise because you're rebelling and this is, oh, this is not my thing. It's like, it's not your thing to have a brain and to, and, and to have 
hormones and 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 uh, and, uh, and and neuroreceptors. It's just nothing that you can do. You have the same body as everybody else. It's mm-hmm. what we do with it. What is important? So, okay, I would say, okay, if you're rebelling against the the, the because sometimes the young ones at the beginning, the, you know, you get the eye rolling and the whole thing. When you say mindfulness, so I tend to say to them, then don't do anything. Just stop. Yeah. And w- why not take a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper and write down what's going on with you right now? Dedicate this ten minutes to you. These are for you, for nobody else, for you only. And I'm hoping that with these kind of things, we can avoid burnout. We can avoid, you know, people being under undue stress because event management is, 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 is categorized as the fifth, the fifth most stressful job. Absolutely. Yeah, we've there. spoken about that before on air. Yeah. So yeah. We, we, we need to have the tools in order to decompress, to regulate, to know how to stop, mm-hmm. to know how to switch off. And if we can build these habits in a daily basis, and there are a number of techniques, there are other things out there. We, we happen to use mindfulness. Other people who use other things. I have many friends that use different things. Um, yeah. John, I um, first of all, can't thank you enough for, for your time today, but also for, for, for what you've said on here. Um, it's been genuinely fascinating to listen to you and i've come away from this hour or so that we've been talking um having learned something which i think you can never undervalue i've learned things you've said stuff today that that has connected dots in my own head and to to sort of you know go back to the physics that we talk you know everything is connected Everything. We are we are all connected. Everything is connected. Yeah. The teams we work with, the people that we interact with, you know, we are all connected in, in some way. And and the stronger those connections are, and the better those connections, and the more we learn from those connections, the better better we could be. And I've I've I, I suppose I can't offer any better compliment, I think, than saying to you that I've learned something today, oh, and I feel That's like great. certain dots mm-hmm. in my own head have been joined together by some of the stuff that you've spoken about. And mm-hmm. I I would I would I would offer that people listening to this today uh, are no doubt feeling the same thing and, and whenever you listen to this podcast today it, it you know we're, we're recording it on the 4th of november 2022 you may listen to this in six months time a year's time in a couple of weeks time when it when it is published whenever you listen to this podcast please do just take maybe a couple of minutes afterwards and and, and tweet at event news blog or tweet at shock logic i think it is and, yeah, and let us know you. let us know what you've got out of listening to john today because i'd love to to get some feedback and some comments from people who've, who've who've listened to the podcast today john and i'd love to know what their own you know input is maybe they've got something that they would like to add to the conversation that you and i have had today and yeah. maybe that they themselves can share what they have learned out, out the back of it we'd love to get some comments so so please do 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 tweet um at event news blog and at shock logic and let us know what you thought of of today's podcast and um and we should say not just at shock logic john but if, if people want to find out more about shock logic themselves shocklogic.com is your website isn't there loads yeah. of loads of information on there um to find out what you do as a company, what you do as a team, some of the projects and the people that you work with, and also great that there are great blogs and news stories on there that not are not just about what you're doing as a business, but 
you know, that there are mindfulness and wellness um, blogs and, and articles yeah. on there that, that you've published. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, my, my personal email address is john at chocolate.com. I'm always looking for, uh, I mean, a constant search of members of my team. So if anybody is curious, you know, um, write to me, john at shocklogic.com. Um, and, and, and we really believe that is a, the, the whole, the whole human being is important. I mean, that thing is that you need to be a professional and a person and never being able to be that. So how can I request that of anybody else? I was never able to leave my emotions at the door, come in like a robot, right, into the office and operate. And then the moment I step out of the office, put again my human being hat and behave like a human. I'm sorry if I have a heartbreak, I am going to carry that into my job and I won't be able to produce anything. I'm going to sit behind the computer. I'm going to pretend to be working because that's what I'm requested of. I'm going to be miserable in there, but then I won't, I won't be able to be as productive as, as you need me to. Maybe if you give me the time off, if I'm able to switch off and then come back and be totally here and then build a relationship where you know, I feel that my team takes such good care of me, man, really. And I realize that I want to take care of them. And then when you do that, man, magic happens. One plus one is five. You know, mm -hmm. you really do wonderful stuff when that exists. In, and when we are so in a state of fear, in a fear-based mentality, looking for the bottom line constantly. Mm. I mean, listen, we also believe in radical ownership, right? We are really clear at telling, sorry, my bad. And we yeah. be, um, another of our values is be unstoppable. No ifs, no buts. You know, another of our values is don't let what you cannot do get in the way of what you can do, right? Mm. So all of that exists. Yes, there's a lot of brain stuff there. But it's a lot of hard stuff because we are a mix of this whole thing. Yeah, you've and, um, and, you, and... I, you, you, you've just you've found unknowingly perhaps a way to, to for me to round off today's podcast, John, because you've reminded me of uh, Bruce Springsteen and his Springsteen on Broadway show that he did, where he spoke about his life and he played songs. Uh, relevant to, to stories that he was telling about his life. And he spoke about the the putting together of his, his famous E Street Band and when he first met those musicians in New Jersey. And in the show, he talks about in normal life, one plus one equals two. But when you find those people that you connect with and suddenly they started making music together and magic was happening, he said, that's when he said one plus one equals five. And he said exactly what you've just said there, that it's when, you know, maths goes out the window a little bit and and you know you get the right people together in the right space in the right environment and suddenly you know all the laws as we know them go out the window a little bit and uh, i think everybody can can maybe reference that at some point in their lives and i think it's a nice way to to round off today's podcast great great thank you very much James. no thank problem you for your time
just a little bit of housekeeping before we um, before we say uh, goodbye today. Um, we're recording this on the 4th of November, so um, we are just two weeks away from Event Tech Live uh, 2022, um, moving to its new home at XL London. Um, it's quite possible that when this particular episode of the podcast drops, that event will have taken place. So I will say good luck, but also well done. Um, depending, John, because Shock Logic will be there. They're going to be right by the be. main entrance. So, uh, again, if this drops before that, they're going to be right by the entrance as you walk into the show. Um, if you listen to this afterwards, we hope you had a great show, guys. And, and and anybody listening to this that came along to the show, we hope you 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 learned, that you benefited, that you made new connections and that you had a great time at the show. Um, and, of course, uh, on the podcast front, there are loads more episodes to listen to. If you're listening to this today via your podcast platform, head over to eventindustrynews.com where you can find news features, special supplements on the website, the A to Z supplier directory, as well, of, uh, of course, as video versions of all of our podcasts if you are already there watching this on the eventindustrynews.com website thank you very much for tuning in and don't forget to go in the opposite direction and if you want to listen to audio versions of our podcasts you can do so via wherever you get your podcast from just go to one of the well-known podcast platforms search for the event industry news podcast and you will find us on there um, and thank you very much for listening everybody it's been a longer episode today uh, than normal but one that i think everybody would agree is totally worthwhile and worth that extra stretch john thank you very much again mr john martinez the ceo and founder of shot logic for joining us today and we'll see you on the next edition of the event industry news podcast everybody goodbye see you soon